Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Don't Wait Till Monday podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Quigley, and we have a guest with us today. But before I introduce her, I do want to introduce the topic first because it'll help just kind of put things into perspective. So if you're not living under a rock, you would know that there are a lot of tensions and um, issues going over, see, happening overseas right now with Palestine and Israel. And I don't have any lineage to Palestine or Israel. I was not super educated on any of this. And so I decided to make a podcast after learning. And I thought, you know, there's probably others out there who are uneducated like myself. And luckily, I do know someone who has knowledge on this topic in this uh, situation. So I brought her on to discuss things. So keep in mind that this episode will be from the point of view of a Palestinian American. So we'll be hearing her story and the history she's known and everything she's known from growing up and the situations of today and how we got to where we are today. So overall, I'm looking to have a lot of discussions and learn a lot of things throughout this episode and hoping that you can learn things too and be up to date with what's going on and understand how it all came about. So with no further ado, I would like to welcome Dania onto the episode. Just a little background of how we met from NC State. We went to school together, uh, had some mutual friends, and that's how we know each other. So Dania, I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself a little more. I'm Dania. I'm a Palestinian American, but I was born and bred in Raleigh, North Carolina. So I was born in Raleigh, raised in Raleigh, and I'm very happy and excited to be here today. Hi, mom. So first, I just want to say uh, my, what I understand and things that I know about this topic, and then I'm going to pass the mic over and we're going to dive right in. So basically what I understand it as is that there's two groups. There's Palestine, Palestinians, and there's the Israelis, and there's a group called Hamas. I don't know if I'm going to, I probably won't pronounce everything perfectly, but- No, um, do it as the, <laughs> as best you can, really. You're, um, you're doing great. <laughs> so then there's this, the group, the Hamas, which is a group from Palestine that I've also learned most Americans believe is a terrorist group, even though they're not, but this group did surprise attack Israel, October 7th, I believe it was. And Israel attacked back, but 100 times harder and is trying to erase an entire group of people, the entire group of people being Palestinians and just Palestine as a whole. I've learned that this war goes back so many years and has a lot to do with land, power, and control. I've also learned that our U.S. tax dollars fund this war in Israel. It actively does that, and I think it has been for a while. And even though I cannot tell you any statistics or exact facts about the history of Palestine and Israel, I can tell you that it it is wrong what Israel is doing to Palestine. They're literally trying to get rid of Palestinians. They are committing a, I don't know if it's just committing genocide or committing a genocide. Um, a genocide a, is a taking genocide. place and yeah. they're committing genocide. Yes. And an ethnic cleansing, cutting off all necessities to survive and killing thousands of innocent humans. So yes, that is what I can confidently say. Um, it doesn't but... take statistics to be just a human with a heart and critical thinking skills at the end of the day. Right. So, so... you got the gist of it. Um, you pretty much I would say this is all you need to know to be able to advocate for the right side. So I first would just like to say that I'm honored that you would ask me to be here and that I am so so thoroughly impressed and respect you so much for taking on a platform to do this because it's very difficult to talk about and it's uh, unfortunately uh, genocide is controversial these days so it takes a lot to do this and I'm happy to be here and I'm happy that because I don't use a public platform that I'm able to get on a public platform and teach people what exactly is going on yeah so like i said we'll just dive right into it so i guess to better put things in perspective or to kind of like go in an order to explain it easiest um if you want to just kind of explain the groups that are involved and a little bit about each of them okay so we have the palestinian people who are the native people to the land palestinians are people from palestine they have been there literally forever we have many many mentions in the bible the story of moses where he was trying to free his people from egypt and he could not go through the country in front of him because it was occupied by the philistines so he had to go around in 1603 shakespeare mentions in othello i know a lady in venice who would 
would have walked barefoot to Palestine. And in the Torah, when they talk about Abraham migrating, he arrives to this land that God gave him. This is to my understanding. He arrived to this land. God was like, here's this land. And when he got there, there were already people there. So God tells him, expel those people. So historically, we have many, many mentions of people living on the land. Those are Palestinians. The other side are the Israeli Zionists. And so here's the thing. This is not a religious war, but the way that they went about things made it seem that way. So all Zionists are Jewish, but not all Jews are Zionists. Okay. And Zionists are the people who believe that they have the right to live on the land that the Palestinian people live on. So Zionism was... A movement essentially in like the 1800s that some guy came up with and was like I think we need to live on this land and they essentially started to like discuss it but it wasn't until like after World War II when all the the Holocaust and everything like that happened that they started to like implement it so that kind of separates like Israelis are people from Israel Zionists are people who believe that Jewish people have a, a national homeland on the Holy Land of Palestine. And Jews are people who practice the religion of Judaism. And regardless of what Zionists choose to identify their religion with, their practices do not align with the people who believe in the Torah. Because in the Torah, it says that you are a people of no holy land. Like you guys don't have a homeland. And if you do decide to have a homeland, it cannot be fought for and it cannot be taken. It must be given to you. So interestingly enough, in 1917, the Balfour Declaration was put in place, which was, I don't know what his first name is, but Balfour was the prime minister of England. And in the Balfour Declaration, he declares that the Jews will have a national homeland in Palestine. The reason behind this is because there was a very affluent, wealthy family, the Rothschild family, who were Jewish, and they funded Great Britain in the war. So in return, because Palestine was originally under the Ottoman Empire and the League of Nations, then after the, the Ottoman Empire fell, the League of Nations gave Great Britain, the land of Palestine. So we, before 1948, were under the British rule. Okay. Okay. So the Balfour Declaration, then in 1947, Palestine was made up of 16 districts. And we already went over the Ottoman Empire stuff. The Ottoman Empire fell. The League of Nations placed Palestine under Great Britain administration. And then after World War II, when all the Jews were being expelled from the concentration camps, there was like a just a vast large amount of Jews that literally for lack of better words they didn't know what to do with them because there were so many of them and as we talked about before they don't have anywhere to go because it's a religion right so right. like there were just a plethora of Jews and Great Britain was like hey remember what we said like I'm sorry that we let this happen to you so um, here's this land. Take your people and go. So in 1948, they went. It was like a migration of Jews. They went to Palestine. They started to settle there. They had like their own place to go and we welcomed them in. Hey, Holocaust suck. Welcome into our land. Okay, okay, we have this land for you. So the Jews were offered Uganda, Argentina, Ukraine, and Palestine. All of these places, they had the option to go and live, but they chose Palestine because of their like links to the Holy Land, which Palestine is the Holy Land. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Palestine. And the Dome of the Rock Mosque is a like holy site for the Muslim people. And the Wailing Wall is also there, which is like a holy site for Jewish people. So okay. it is the Holy Land of all three monotheistic religions. All three monotheistic religions have ties to Palestine. So this is the Holy Land. So the 1948 war took place. And this is when most of the land of Palestine was captured and annexed by Israel. Prior to this, the civilians were essentially like, they got there and they were like, wow, we really like this. So then they started like knocking on doors and they were like, hey, this is ours now. And everybody's just like, what are you talking about? And then they essentially started like the IDF was formed, which 
is the Israeli defense force, but they're not really defending anything. So we call them the IOF, the Israeli occupation force. So they started to fight over the land and they would just like line Palestinians up and like shoot them dead and then take their homes. So this led to the Nekba, which is the Arabic word for catastrophe, which refers to the displacement of 7,500,000 Palestinians from their homes that were expelled after this war took place place and, and even this was 1948 like, yes this was in 1948 so they fought real hard for this land and this is when they essentially occupied most of the territory then they left us with the west bank and with gaza so that's two different palestinian territories that are completely under Israel's rule, but they are what we have left of Palestine. So essentially then Egypt borders Gaza. So Egypt became the controlling governing body of Gaza. And then in the West Bank, Jordan was in control of the West Bank. Okay. But in 1967, there was another war fighting and they essentially, the Israelis occupied that territory as well. And they set up like, a ginormous fence around the border of the West Bank right. of the West Bank and of Gaza. They just like occupied it. They're like, this is ours. So in 1964, the Palestinian Liberation Organization was established. This was Palestine's attempt to build a military force. It was a failed attempt, but it was led by Yasser Arafat, who was the Palestinian Authority leader at the time. And this um, organization was politically based, okay? In 1959, Fatah, which is the Arabic word for victory, was another group that was formed. It was the governing body of the West Bank. And they were, to my understanding, they were more of a secular military movement. And were not based on politics. So in 1987, Hamas was founded. Okay, at this point between 1948 and 1987, there is occupied land, there are people that are dying on their homeland, there are people being kicked out of their homes, there are people being displaced. So the PLO was the first attempt to like fight back and they did, but it just wasn't cutting it. And also with the PLO and Fatah, they were both, they were, they were doing the damn thing. And so Hamas was formed, but here's the catch, which a lot of people don't know. Israel took part in forming Hamas. The reason why they did this is because a nation divided is much weaker than a nation united. So they said, we have PLO and we have Fatah and we really don't like what they're doing. So we're going to actually help you make Hamas. So Hamas was founded to oppose Fatah and Israel helped fund it. And this essentially became the militant wing of Gaza. They're based out of Gaza. And later on, we'll find out that in 2006, they essentially elected Hamas into the governing body of Gaza. So then Gaza is now like Hamas is the governing body of Gaza. And in the West Bank, they have a leader. His name is Abbas. He's like a real piece of shit. Excuse my language. He really doesn't do anything for them. And like, I know this is a crazy, crazy concept to like get around, but not really when you have critical thinking skills. But Zionists essentially hold so much influence over basically everything. And we can see that in the headlines now that we're seeing. And we see it take place with world leaders. So even though Abbas is like the essentially president of the state of Palestine, he's really influenced by the Zionists because they have a, a ton of money and people are corrupt at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. So in 1987, there was the Intifada, which is the Arabic word for uprising. And this was what Hamas did. So they were formed and then they had an uprising. So that was them fighting back. And Israel was funding the Hamas. And the Intifada was like a crazy like fight war. There were plenty of wars like between 1948 and this time, obviously. Yeah. Um, but this was like a bigger Intifada. Also, in 19 the Palestinian Liberation Organization and Israel signed an agreement called the Oslo Accords. And this agreement basically says that Israel is promising to establish Palestine as a state within five years. Okay. So we can see that that promise was never like seen through and they did not see it through. And so this essentially obviously leads to 
more conflict. In 1994, that's when they built the fences around the West Bank and around Gaza. And there's like a pretty big gap here as far as like major events. Even though a lot of major events took place, it had been years and years and years of Palestinians fighting for their land and Israel fighting back. But at the end of the day, like Israel is essentially a first world country. Like Israel, I want you to think of it as like the U.S. presence in the Middle East. Okay. Why does the U.S. want presence in the Middle East? Because that's where all the oil money is. And they have a lot of oil money. Okay, in the Middle East, olive oil, girl, uh, gasoline, every oil you can think of, it's coming from the Middle East, but olive oil specifically from Palestine. Okay, so Israel was the state of Israel was created out of the interests of the U.S. so that they now have a presence in the Middle East where they can like take control of things. and, And we know how much the U.S. loves to be at war. So this also goes hand in hand with like essentially the Iraq war when like 9-11 happened and that's honestly like as terrible as it sounds the Bush administration 100% knew that it was happening Al-Qaeda literally called up and was like yo take your people off our land or we will attack twice they called twice and they said and Bush was like nah y'all are joshing me and then they were like, no, we're not. And then they attack. Okay. So essentially it's the same thing happening as well. So Hamas is like, get your people off of our land or we'll attack. And Israel is like, mm, y'all ain't got nothing on us. Go ahead, attack. So they essentially are like pressing the Palestinians so that they attack. So about 15 years ago, we're in what, 2023? So approximately in like 2012, they build these ginormous concrete walls in place of the fence. And this, they claim, is because there are terrorists who are coming out of Gaza and the West Bank to Israel to kill people. And so they build these walls and they claim that it's so that they can like reduce terrorism in Israel. And that's not inherently true because not all the time. So to my understanding, Hamas does not target Israeli civilians. Hamas is built to be the resistance against the Israeli occupation. So if they, which I I do know they killed civilians, which is terrible, But the civilians are never like the target of their attacks. They are fighting the Israeli occupation force. Okay. Which you could like compare to like a government or militia. They are a literal military. We don't have military. We have Hamas. Okay. And like I was saying earlier, because Israel is so funded by the US, they're essentially a first world country living third world country. So yeah. on top of Palestine being a third world country, now we have this occupation on our land, people who are in control of everything that comes in and everything that goes out. Every If there's a piece of dust that floats by that wall, they know. They have a camera on the piece of dust. They know everything and everyone who comes in and out of those borders, okay? They build these. They say it's to reduce terrorism, and supposedly it does. But at the end of the day, under international law, we have the right to defend ourselves against an occupation. So they are they're killing people in masses. And on top of that, we have leaders who are getting up in front of the nation and they're saying they're lying lying i saw 40 beheaded babies and then they ran it back how dare you how dare every single news source run such a lie to all these people who they know will not do any of their own sufficient research on the topic Mm -hmm. how dare you here's my thing why are we not more skeptical about the fact that for the first time in the entire history of ever the democratic party and the republican parties values are matching up on what on israel when did we stop saying let's go brandon and we started saying i stand with israel how does that make any sense how do these same people who like want donald trump in office are now standing behind brandon what's up with that so in the last two weeks we've 
seen these atrocities take place. We've seen the most terrible, terrible, terrible things take place. And on top of that, now there is a complete blackout. So who knows what they will do in the dark? Okay, so before we move on into more of the today's events and and current up-to-dates of what's happening, I know that you mentioned that Great Britain basically said to the Jews, you have five places to decide to go to. This is after World War II, after the Holocaust. And they said, you have these four places to go to, Palestine being one of them. And all of the Jews decided, okay, uh, we're going to pick Palestine. And that's mm-hmm. where they went. So I guess my question would be, in this situation, are there fingers to be pointed at Great Britain to be like, you sent them here and now you see what they're doing? As in how you mentioned, like knocking on Palestinians' door and being like, getting out, this is ours now. Are there fingers to point at Great Britain? as well so great britain is more of the enabler they didn't really like i don't i'm not completely sure so i'm not gonna mislead you in any way i don't know if great britain is still funding israel i can't see why they would need funding from great britain considering how much the u.s is funding them but um they're more of just like the designator they're like here go here and pretty much from that point forward the un was more involved with like the conflict and stuff so the un was the one who divided the land the un was like the person who was like the mediator between like the war essentially so i would say that Great Britain's role is just being like the enabler and being the ones who sent them there. But because Palestine is under colonial British rule, they essentially like, I think now because of what like what all is happening, they're not under British rule anymore. They're just more under British colonization, much like much of the land in Europe and like around that area, just because so because Israel has now taken over like the ruling of the Palestinians. So I would say that they're to blame for like the expulsion of the Jews from Europe into our land. But further than that, I think only in the beginning were they like really enabling the Jews to do what they did because they would like drive around. Did I say this on? I think so. In like the trucks and stuff, right? And they had like They would like blare. No, they would blare on the speaker. Leave us or you'll be like put out essentially yeah and that's what I kind of like was thinking too because I talked to Adam a little bit bit about it and I was like I'm pretty sure too it's kind of like at the point where like like you said it was kind of like the like enabler and we're Mm -hmm. so far gone from that now yeah it's like really their role in that is so little to blame now yeah yes yeah okay and then another topic I wanted to touch on that you mentioned was between the Democrats and the Republicans values matching up about Israel yeah so touch on that again explain it a little more so I think my point in that was more like we're now seeing people come together from the different parties that have such vastly different values but for the first time they're like agreeing on a topic that israel should exist we should fund israel israel has the right to defend itself and it's like where did these values come from when i mean just yesterday we were like let's go brandon and like we're voting for the lesser evil but now all of a sudden people are supporting joe biden in funding genocide and it's just crazy because it's all like the uneducated people who read headlines and don't look into it further. That's what it essentially burns down to because that's who these people prey on because educated people and honestly we'll get into it later about what Mm -hmm. we can do but if like so if you email a representative they essentially have this like bot response where Mm -hmm. they're like Palestine killed 1400 Jews and blah 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 and we support Israel and defending itself and and I'll continue to support Israel and blah 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 and it's just like so shocking to me because it's like no truly educated person would believe this response Mm -hmm. but if an uneducated person all of a sudden were to be like oh I'm gonna email my representatives and tell them to stop funding genocide and call for a ceasefire they all of a sudden would read this email and they're like oh my god Mm -hmm. I can't believe that like I'm standing on the wrong side they're brainwashing people yeah they're coming and- on camera and they're lying they're printing news and it's because people in power are zionists and i think this also goes to say i know i i think i mentioned it a little earlier but just like people are so quick to believe a headline which yeah 
we'll touch on again actually in part two of this but really quick I do just want to say people also like like when we're talking about like the uneducated who just believe everything they see I guess going going off of that if you are someone who reads a headline and believes it please just look into it more because it's so it's not the full picture and it's misleading it's so misleading and just like Daniel was saying like that's kind of the media's purpose outside of politics too they do it with bashing celebrities, celebrities lives yeah. yep like everything so with that being said if you feel like you're being attacked as an uneducated person just like it's because you are it's because just let yeah, it be like, known it's because yeah, like, you are yeah and i guess too like another thing to go off that is like you don't know you're uneducated until you know right yeah i just don't know since when since when did we start doing that like at what point did we start reading headlines and we we're just it's, like yeah okay that i know makes sense yeah i that... don't know it must have been when all this started taking place because <sighs> i have never ever seen so many people just believing headlines in the media and i've also never ever really i guess paid attention to how much they lie yeah I, how dare you yeah i've also picked up on that like how much it actually like they lie and stuff but again i want to save that for part two because yeah. i think that's a huge topic and a, a huge issue with yes. division media. and media so we'll save that but i did just want to touch on that to just say please read beyond yes the, the headline you uh, cannot use news articles as reliable sources yeah college there's a reason for that because they're not reliable okay (laughs) anyways so on october 7th hamas plans this attack it was a surprise that to the israeli army and it was a very tactful attack the main thing to keep in mind when we talk about this genocide that's taking place is that Israel is funded by a first world country in a third world country and Hamas is at a disadvantage constantly because all their funding is essentially from like the outside world like they raise money like every other organization mm-hmm. but but it's very difficult to to fund money from the outside world because actually if you donate to Hamas which I have not so let's just put that out there Uh but if you donate to Hamas they will mark because the U.S. recognizes Hamas as a terrorist organization so then if you donate money to Hamas you're you're essentially funding terrorism and you can be tried very hardly for that so they do they have like internal funding but not a lot because again they're poverty-strucken people living under occupation so they can't really get much in or out they're like making bombs and rockets and shit in the basement so it's like they're at a constant disadvantage in comparison to the the israeli occupation force which is getting funded by the u.s that has the largest budget for the military and they just love building weaponry and they mass actually they build a lot of war weapons in israel so these are essentially it's it's like bringing what is it bring a knife to a gunfight that's Mm -hmm. what it is that's what it is because in order to stab somebody with a knife you got to be real close but you can shoot anybody at, at point blank range and nobody is bulletproof and you can survive being stabbed anyways so they set off all these rockets and then they attack the occupation force that's at the borders of the wall there were very unfortunate loss of civilian life as well but to my understanding hamas does not target civilians yes civilians many many civilians were collateral and many many civilians lost their lives and i'm not denying that and i'm not justifying it however in comparison to how many palestinian lives have been lost in the last two weeks let alone in the last 75 years is nothing in comparison to the 1400 lives that were lost and as unfortunate as it is it would have never happened if Palestine was not under occupation. These people wouldn't, it was like a death that could have been prevented Mm -hmm. if the occupation hadn't been going on for so long. So these attacks essentially take place the same way for the past 70 years. The wars have always been the same. Hamas sets off rockets and then Israel in response takes their US made bombs and they bomb the shit out of Gaza and they're like, get out. So as they're preparing to retaliate, is when Hamas essentially makes their attack. So they attack the Israeli military 
And in response is when the Israeli military starts carpet bombing Gaza and they're bombing everything. They're bombing schools. They're bombing people's homes. They're bombing hospitals. They're bombing United Nations um, like tents that they set up tents to like essentially bring refuge to people and also for them to stay in. Um, and that's that's illegal under international law. Occupation is illegal under international law, but you cannot kill UN members. It's very oh, illegal. Yeah. They're killing journalists. They're killing everybody, everybody, everybody. And they're using this attack, this surprise attack narrative to justify these bombings of, of thousands of people, thousands across the board. And they're saying, oh, well, the terrorists hide among the people, the civilians. So they're using them as human shields, which is bullshit. But essentially here in America, when there's a school shooter, we don't even let police into the school. Like we essentially barricade the school and let the the shooter have a free range to do what he wants. Like when the, what was the school in Texas? Uvalde. Uvalde, something like that. Yeah. So when that took place, I remember seeing videos of parents that were like, let me go in. Yeah. These were like, no, you can't. We can't even we're not even going in. So let me ask you this. It using that logic, wouldn't it make sense to just bomb the entire school? To get the school shooter out in the eyes of Israel, right? We'll kill, we'll kill the shooter for sure, right? Right. So that's, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And they are not only are they bombing people's homes and bombing schools and hospitals, they've cut off like essential supplies. They've cut off humanitarian aid. They have closed the borders like nobody's allowed in and nobody is allowed out alive. So the first week they dropped. I'm pretty sure 6,000 bombs on Gaza. I mean, it was just terrible. It was terrible, terrible. They killed so many people. There is a 2.1 million population in Gaza of people in a piece of land that is smaller than Detroit, Michigan. So it is a fraction of the size of Chicago. They're dropping bombs everywhere on everything and everyone they sometimes will give warning and sometimes won't and they're just ruthless they're killing people like and and not only that but in the west bank the israeli like civilians feel that it's their duty to kill people so Israeli civilians are also retaliating in the West Bank. That has nothing to do with Gaza. And by the way, people from the West Bank can't get into Gaza and vice versa. Why would anybody go to Gaza anyways? Yeah. And they're not allowed to escape. Right. And so the West Bank is Mm -hmm. made up of more Israelis or more Palestinians. The West Bank is another Palestinian territory under Israeli rule. So there's two essentially it's the land that we were left with the west bank and Gaza. so even like you said you know sometimes they're telling them like hey we're about to bomb you sometimes they're not but even to the point where they are saying that i believe that these civilians have nowhere to go because you said like you said they're basically barricaded in and so it happened they pushed them south right and they were like you better get out of here and then they bombed them. them yeah so i guess they did push them south and they told them escape or die and there are six bridges out of South Gaza and they closed down five of them. So they needed to funnel a million people out and then on their way out on a UN bus, they bombed it. Bombed it. 40 Palestinian civilians plus some UN workers died. So yeah. then okay. I asked if they're going to kill them either way. Then is this really about Hamas? And also at the the southern part of Hassa, yeah, my voice keeps cracking. Yeah, um, is Egypt, right? Yes, or, Egypt okay. borders Gaza, and Jordan borders the West Bank. Okay, and so Egypt, like, do they have any role in closing the border, or like, do they have control? No, they don't have any control over anything. There was a point in the 
in the past where they took over the land, the sea, and something else that I can't even think of. But they essentially are illegally occupying like even the Mediterranean Sea that's like bordering Palestine, which under international law is illegal because it does not belong to them. Mm -hmm. So they have control of essentially everything and Egypt was like knocking at the door and they were like hey let us in Mm -hmm. where we want to bring aid to these people and they are waiting at the border they will not let them in why can they not bring aid to civilians if you're gonna carpet bomb the entire place why would you cut off aid it doesn't make any sense yeah it's just inhumane it is what completely inhumane and illegal going on yeah under international law i don't know much about international laws but i do find you a credible source and trust you to not just spit that out of your mouth so (laughs) let me tell you this is according to reliefweb.int So it is a reliable source. Attacking or bombarding towns, villages, dwellings, or building which are undefended is prohibited under Article 25 of the Hague Regulations Concerning the Laws and Customs of War on Land. Article 53 of the Fourth Geneva Convention states that any destruction by the occupying power of real or personal property belonging individually or collectively to private persons or to the state or to the other public authorities or to social or cooperative organizations is prohibited unless such destruction is rendered absolutely necessary by military operations. That's two already. Article 147 of the Fourth Geneva Convention, the destruction of property that is not justified by military necessity and is carried out on a large scale constitutes a grave breach that requires prosecution. Such practices are also considered to be war crimes under the Rome Statute of the International Criminal Court. So here's another one. It is illegal under international law to acquire land by force. Israel annexed land occupied by force during 1948 and 1967 wars. Lands other than those given by the UN in 1947-1948 partition plan. So that is according to the IsraelLawResourceCenter.org. And they are, yeah, they have, to my knowledge, I saw a report that they broke, I think it was 12 international laws. That's not even including the use of white phosphorus on civilians. Right, because that, Which is incredibly illegal and incredibly dangerous to the people that fall victim to it because it gives you like third degree burns on your skin and lesions and like people who do survive white phosphorus attacks have long-term health defects because of it because it's such a lethal war weapon to use and they're like I said they're using the excuse that we're trying to get Hamas out of Gaza but there are a lot of other really sketchy things taking place that makes you kind of question like why? Because, I mean, why would Biden get up and say, I'm questioning the death toll in Palestine? I don't think that it's like accurate. Who knows if they're telling the truth? And then the health ministry released a 212 page report of all 6,000 plus civilians mm-hmm. that have died that they know of. Yeah. Because from what they can collect, the pieces of people and what have you there are still a lot of people that are stuck under the rubble of their Mm -hmm, mm home so while there's a high death toll it's not even the complete loss of life in the area and they're also using the excuse like you have our hostages release our hostages and so hamas was like yo we'll release your hostages but these are our demands and they demand a ceasefire. And it was actually when I read the demands, it was it was so sad. The like wording that they used, they said, like, we demand a ceasefire. And they said something along the lines of like, we don't want you to like misconstrued it in writing. We want it to be truthful. Like we want you to use, we want a ceasefire and we don't want you to manipulate the wording of it to make it sound like you're going to give us a ceasefire and then not. Like imagine an entire country of people writing up a professional document that's like, these are our demands. And in their demands, they're like, hey, you can't lie. Like that's, that's crazy. (laughs) That is just crazy. So they're like essentially asking them to stop bombing 
call for a ceasefire, leave the land. And Israel was like, nah, we good, fam. And then Hamas released the hostages anyways. Okay, I was about to ask about the hostages. So so the hostages, they released two hostages. The hostages come out and say, oh, they treated us very well, very kindly. They fed us, they this, okay. they that. And That's what I was going to ask, actually. Do you know? What do you know? Yeah, about they, they said... Okay when she literally like she was being interviewed or her daughter was there translating for her and she said as soon as we arrived they told us they're people of the quran they will not harm us and from that point forward like she said we were treated very well like with respect and like they cleaned for us and they fed us and they kept us like you know they gave us water and and a place to like sleep and then you hear on the other side israel's cutting these resources pouring cement into water lines for civilians i mean hamas is treating these hostages Hostages. like family but israel is pouring water or pouring cement into the water lines for what hamas i mean they're terrorists supposedly but they don't they don't need drinking water they don't need water too and so that's why it's like a collective punishment type thing which is illegal under international law collective punishment mm-hmm. where hamas is based out of gaza so we're going to just collectively punish the people of gaza completely and that's essentially what it is no water no light no electricity the internet's in and out they don't have any like they there's no resources in the hospitals mm-hmm. they can't treat the people that they're killing, they're bombing, mm-hmm. and there are children who are surviving these attacks, and they go to the hospital, and then they bomb the hospitals, mm-hmm. or the hospitals don't have power, or the hospitals don't have light, or the hospitals ran out of anesthesia, and they don't have anything. There's nothing coming in, and there's no way out. So they either die slow or they die fast, essentially. But the hostages come out and say they were treated very well. And then for some reason, the media decides to narrate the video themselves. And they were like, we went through hell, this, this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I remember I opened up my email and the headline was like, Hamas released hostages claim they went through hell. And then I get on TikTok and the daughter is literally sitting there translating. And she's like, my mom says that she was treated very nicely and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, whoa, whoa, hold the phone Mm -hmm. because what is going on here? Yeah. And do you know how many hostages they had? I don't know how many. I know they still have. They still have some. Okay. But I don't know how many and I don't know how many they've released. But I do know that they're releasing them for funsies because we're our me our needs are not being met. Uh I mean, we don't really gain anything if we know that our needs aren't going to be met. Mm -hmm. We don't gain anything from holding the hostages. Right. So, I mean, Look, though, these Israeli hostages are living better than the people of Gaza. So, yeah, I mean, take that how you will. Yeah. And just touching on the hostages again to sort of like get get it like in order. They're holding these hostages basically as like a or like, I guess, initially they held these hostages to be like, we have your people. So Mm -hmm. treat ours right sort of deal type of. No, it was more like we they collected just a bunch of random civilians as hostages like there it was not like they picked these people out right. or like these are family members of the military force they picked them out and they just collected a bunch of them and took them as hostages and so they just collected like a bunch of random civilians because they knew that they they needed like leverage like leverage that's the word i was looking for right they need leverage like okay if we have these people will release them if you stop because they knew what was gonna happen like okay it's not like it's not like okay. they planned this surprise attack and they didn't expect any retaliation okay. they knew because that's how it went historically right hamas sets off the rockets israel's like yo we got this and then drops bombs everywhere so this they knew it was gonna happen so they took the hostages as leverage for like the future 
Okay. Um, but that Israel really doesn't give a shit about their hostages because they don't give a shit about human life. So that's that's that with the hostages. Okay, well, that all makes sense. So thank you for that clarification. Some other questions I had in mind. So I know we talked about American politicians and how they call Hamas a terrorist group when they're actually not. So why do you think that these American politicians or other Americans do this? So the reason why... Hamas is considered to be a terrorist group is because they are defending themselves against essentially America. And we know historically that any group that is an outsider and fighting against America is considered a terrorist organization. So actually, only 12 countries identify Hamas as a terrorist group. The rest of the world does not think Hamas is a terrorist group. And actually, the UN refuses to title Hamas a terrorist group because under international law, when you live under occupation, you have the right to defend yourself, but you have to follow the war laws. So I actually remember when all of this started taking place and my friend asked me like, what, what is Hamas? And I went to go look it up so that I wouldn't like, I wanted to give her like the real definition of what it was. Cause to uh -huh. my understanding, these are just civilians who like band together and they fight against the oppression. They fight against occupation. So I went to Google it and it said like an extremist terrorist organization and blah 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 and I was like whoa yeah whoa. that's how I learned because like same thing I kind of I like looked it up and, and I was I remember, like, like this is wrong but imagine yeah. when somebody who doesn't know internally that it's wrong they would believe it yeah I so, believed it because I you know that's what I I read and I was like oh, that makes like they have they attacked them you know yeah. knew very little I was like okay they did this surprise attack yeah so that there are only up. 12 countries that actually consider Hamas a terrorist group one of them being the US one of them being the European Union obviously but the the UK so Great Britain Australia Japan Canada these are the countries there's like a lot of European countries because the EU recognizes them as a terrorist group and then i like learned that hamas is actually a governing body so i learned that right. in the last few weeks when all of this started taking place they were elected into government in 2006 and so then they became the governing body of gaza because they were elected into i don't i don't even know into office i guess okay but they're like the people who are fighting against the oppression they're similar to the black panther party and the freedom riders of the civil rights movement which we'll talk about a little bit later mm -hmm. but it's important to know that when you google the black panther party they also are identified as a terrorist group so then okay it kind of like reels things back in because when we think terrorist group, we're thinking ISIS and Al Qaeda, mm -hmm. and all these, mm -hmm. all these things. But actually, the Black Panther Party was, again, just a group of people designated to fight against oppression. And that's what Hamas is. Mm -hmm. But apparently, we're the terrorist group and they are not. So mm -hmm. while the Black Panther Party was retaliating against like like I said, the dog attacks and the hoses and like arrests and, and police brutality and, and what have you. Hamas is responding to, like I said, I mean, made in the USA bombs, tanks with like bombs made in the basement, like I said. Yeah, yeah. So they're at a disadvantage at all times. That all makes sense. So thank you for again clarifying that as well. Another question that I have is that when it is said, like, for example, like, Israel just attacked Palestine again or anything like Israel's doing this, Israel's doing that. Who specifically from Israel is like referred to? So is it like the Israel government? Is it to throw Israel together as a whole? Is it their military? How so, does that look? So the IDF, essentially, like in the grand scheme of things, logically speaking, all Israeli citizens are required to serve in the military okay so they're required to serve at age 18 and for men there's a three-year service requirement and for women they're required to serve for 20 to 21 months so logistically speaking there's no citizen of israel because they're all, all militia. required to serve they're all militia yeah okay and they like groom children from a very young age to think that like 
you're serving your country, like serve and protect and like all this stuff. And it's very important to note that the people of Israel are clearly learning a very skewed perception of history that Mm -hmm. is being written in the white savior complex point of view much like all of our history books mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. So when there are Israeli people who who are defending this behavior, it's essentially because they're brainwashed to think this way and they don't know anything else. They're being taught a completely different version of history. And it takes like maybe two critical thinking skills to be like, hey, this sounds weird. Let me look into it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you're surrounded by this culture of like military and war and Palestinian are terrorists and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's, it's very easy to fall into. So when we say that Israel attacked Palestine, we are talking about the military force. Okay. But the civilians, again, are attacking Palestinians and have always historically. And so they actually are voting right now to pass a law that says Israeli police can shoot civilians and kill them, like, and not be tried, which is is strange. Why? And without, like, reasoning? I mean, they already already do that. So I don't know why they need, like, law to back them up. But logistically speaking there are no citizens of israel because they're all militia they all have to serve so when we when we specifically say israel attacked palestine it is the military force Mm -hmm. but there are israeli settlers that are killing people in palestine or attacking them in the west bank that's not gaza because there are no israeli settlers in gaza obviously right there right but They are like invoking violence and they're supporting like they're encouraging this violence. You I mean, you can see everywhere that they are encouraging this violence and they just like let them at it. And so this obviously is going to be like just something to think about. Obviously, we don't have the answers, but if we were to look at things from like an Israeli point of view, they would basically kind of going back to like education, like that's all they know. Right. Yeah. So right. their their defense would be like, well, this is this land is for us. Yes. And I am very, very understanding of that. I am because think about all the people during like the Civil War movement who were taught that like black people are dangerous and mm-hmm. black people like, I don't know, carry diseases and they're dirty and they're this and they're that. There are people who like genuinely believe that. Right. Because that's what they were taught and that's all they know. But like I said, it takes like two critical thoughts to be like, hey, this feels wrong. But yeah. like I said, when you're surrounded by it, think about like a, an inherently racist person yeah. who learns their values from their family, never go to college, and this is all they know. So you can't like sit and think, oh, well, they're dumb. No, this is all that they know. Right. It's exactly. wrong, exactly. but it's what they know and it's what they're taught and it's what they're surrounded by. So unless they themselves put themselves in a position where yeah. they, yes, where they like take themselves out of the group thing and they like look into it more. There are people who are Jewish and anti-Zionism and, and pro-Palestine. So like, it doesn't essentially mean just because they're taught this that they can't escape it, but because they want to like, you know, hype people up from the military, like to be in the military because they have to go either way. Right. They they want to build this like culture around it where it's like justified and it's like hype that they give about like protect and serve your country and this, this and that. So yes, inherently, logistically speaking, there are no civilians of Israel. They're just a big old militia. Gotcha. Okay. And so now I understand that there's pro-Palestine and pro-Israel. Okay, actually one question. This might be so dumb, but... No dumb questions. Is everyone from Israel Jewish? No, not everyone who is Israeli is Jewish. Okay. Not every Jew is a Zionist, but every Zionist identifies with being Jewish. Okay. So there are people who are Palestinian and Jewish. There are people who are Palestinian and Christian. There are people who are Palestinian and agnostic. But because we're in the Middle East, it's easy to believe that all Middle Easterns are terrorists. And they don't believe that Middle Eastern people can be Christian. It's like hard 
for some reason to like digest that concept. Yeah. Uh That there are Christian people living in Palestine. There are Christian people living in the Middle East. I don't know where people think Jesus came from really Mm -hmm. in retrospect, but there's a, there was a period of time where Jewish people, Christian people and Muslim people lived in harmony on Palestine's land. So I know you also said this like in the beginning, because I think I'm having a little bit of a hard time, like understanding that it's not really a war of religion. Right. And I feel like I keep thinking that. So the reason why you're thinking that is because they put the star of David on their flag. Okay. And the star of David is, is the Jewish symbol. So okay. at the end of the day, they are making it a war of religion because they're like, they feel so entitled to the land because of what supposedly their religion tells them like, hey, you or whatever, whoever told them you have uh-huh. a right to this land, which nobody really did. They just kind of chose it at random because they they have ties to the holy land which all three monotheistic religions do, like I said in the beginning. So they're making it a fight for the Holy Land because they believe that they have a right to have a homeland on the Holy Land. But the United Nations, when when they split the land, they didn't split it between Muslims, Christians, and Jews. They split it between Arabs, who are people of Arab culture, and speak Arabic and Jews. So the fact that they split it between a religion and a culture mm. is is where the line is a little bit blurred. Okay. Because if they split it between Muslims and Jews, then it's like, okay, it's a fight of religion. But because they split it to be like Jews and then just Arab people, so that includes Jewish people, Christian people, just people who are Arab. Okay, that makes sense. And then I guess another thing why I keep like bringing it back to religion is because I see a lot of Jewish Americans who are obviously towards the beginning, I would see them say it like after the surprise attack, Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of standing with Israel. Mm -hmm. And I figured probably because they're Jewish. Mm -hmm. But now it's like it doesn't actually have to do with religion. Am I like making sense? No, you're making sense. And the reason why is because, okay, so if you have like one sixteenth Jewish blood, they will literally fund a trip for you to go to Israel. Yes. Even if you if you want to live there, they'll fund your travel. They'll give you a grant to live on the land. If you are just one, they, they grant you citizenship and they let you live there and they give you money to live there. They give you money to visit. So the Jewish people ha- feel now that they have a tie to this holy land. Okay. So like if you have even a drop of Jewish blood in you, you now, they make you feel this like nationalism tied to the land because they want to, they want to everybody come together and believe that Jewish people belong on this land. So, and on top of that, they, the the star of David, which is the, the Jewish symbol, religious symbol is on their flag. So in that there's so much that they're like fully tying their religion into this land where they want people to feel a nationalistic religious tie to this land you're jewish you have a right to live on this land okay so that's why and and honestly i have seen like i haven't personally thank god seen anybody Mm pro-israel but i have like people have sent me posts that are that are pro-israel and like i read them and i'm just like wow this makes no freaking sense yeah and so that's what i think because i'm like okay so i believe that people that i've seen posting that are jewish are pro-israel like i said because they're jewish and they have that tie to israel but i can't see these people being pro-israel for committing a genocide i don't i honestly honestly cannot answer that question because i have no idea how these people feel i don't know what jewish articles they're reading Mm -hmm. that like make them feel like it's okay i've heard a lot of people use the whole well, Hamas is hiding amongst the civilians, which is something that Joe Biden said, using them as human shield. And and like, that's how they're justifying it. But at the end of the day, like when you look at when you read this report of people that have died, the youngest age on there is one. There are two one year olds that have died as collateral in all of this. 
and like the the youngest ages range from like I mean before we get to like 18 years old adulthood there's like probably a hundred names that I saw that range from like one to like 16 years old yeah and I think that because I this is my own belief this is not something that has been printed or is a reliable mm-hmm. source this is what I believe I believe that because they have this like militia that they build from such a young age they have this same like concept where it's like okay well if we kill if we kill the children then they can't grow up and become Hamas which is the same kind of like racist thinking that we have here where it's like all Middle Easterns are terrorists Uh so like if we're killing Middle Eastern babies then we're like reducing the the number of terrorists gotcha that makes sense yes I don't I I honestly and the craziest part about all of this is the fact that Zionists like identify and use their religion as like backing for their ethnic cleansing for the last 70 years but like I said in the Torah it says that you cannot fight and kill for land it must be given to you so their values essentially don't line up with judaism in any way but they still use it as like a tie to this land it's essentially extremism is what it is because whenever anybody any singular person can read a religious book you can ask 10 people to read the same version of the bible and all 10 of those people are going to interpret it in a different way yeah so it's essentially like extremism judaism in the way that like isis is supposedly extremism islam but it's it's just, I, I don't know, dude. I don't know how any regular person could like sit here and be like, yeah, my religion like supports this. Because in what world does any religion support the killing of babies? Right. And so that's when I'm kind of like, like, like obviously neither of us are Jewish or yeah. standing with Israel. But I feel like when I do see people s- I don't know. I feel like maybe they're standing more with their religion rather than the people. I don't know. When, like, I guess, I, which again, this is hard for to answer because when people are saying, like, I stand with Israel, like, what do they, what are they standing with? Because if it's not then standing with, you know, killing innocent babies and humans, right. then it's like, what are you standing for? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even think that they know, truthfully. Because and that's, that's what I'm thinking, too. I'm like, because if you stand just standing... real, what does that mean? You stand with ethnic cleansing and genocide of Native people? Like, is that what you stand with? Because that's a little sketchy. Right. So that's what I would. That's what like, I would. Do you do. also stand with Christopher Columbus? I don't know. Right. Yeah. So I, I had asked Daniel. So was I like. I said, I understand there's pro-Palestine and pro-Israel, but even though I am like standing with Palestine and Palestinians and realize what the Israelis are doing to Palestinians, am I wrong for feeling sad about the Israelis who died from the surprise Hamas attack? Which Daniel already clarified, like, no, obviously nobody wants civilians to die and that's, there's no justification in that either. So like kind of going off of that is like, I, I don't want, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I don't want my Jewish friends or like, people who follow me that are Jewish to think that I am going against their religion or anything like that. Right. Which is again, this connection I'm having between religion rather than land and people and cultures and things like that. So I also would love the Jewish population to know that I, I love Jewish people and I am in no way anti-Jewish people I am anti-Zionism and anti the killing of my lineage because every time I watch that number raise, I feel a little bit of my DNA disintegrate into thin air. I don't, I truly, I don't know how any just human being, religious or not, like can watch this take place and still somehow justify what's happening. I don't know what, what they got in the water over there or like what's being said, but to mourn the lives that were lost of the civilians is in no way wrong. And it it it's wrong that they died. It's right. wrong that they had to die as a result of their protectors occupying land. So it's it's all very, very sad. And it's not wrong of you, like I said, to to mourn and be sad for the lives lost because no lives should be taken from civilians 
there should be no occupation. There should be no genocide taking place. It's all very, very sad and unfortunate that it's even happening in the first place. And honestly, I'm feeling really sad because it feels like something that could have been prevented, mm-hmm. um, which makes me the most sad. Yeah. Okay, well, that last part with just the whole religion to people is very reassuring because I... Like I said, the last thing I wanted to do was for someone to think something that wasn't true. So thank you for that. And yeah. I know, obviously, we can only say so much. We recognize that no one of Jewish descent or Israel is on this podcast. So we do also recognize that. But with all of this being said, I think that this will conclude this part one of these episodes that are about Palestine and Israel. And Dania, just thank you again for coming on here and educating me educating everyone that listens to this anyone that has been educated through your instagram i appreciate you taking the time to to do all of this and i appreciate being here i appreciate you having me i appreciate using your voice to educate people and your platform it's very important now more than ever yeah and i thanks for having me yeah of course i'm glad i could be this platform and and use it for educational purposes and all of those things so with that being said though thank you for tuning in and listening i hope that you did learn anything dania is always open for answering any questions so if you do have anything any else you want to bring up or maybe there's a, a part in the episode you want to clarify i know Except that she- don't don't come at me on no dumb shit okay i will not <laughs> fight with anybody if you are pro-israel do not come at me i will not fight with you If you are open to learning and educating yourself, I will make the information easy to digest and understand, but I will not fight with anybody. So miss me with the bullshit. Right. We're not looking to fight. We are looking to educate. So Mm -hmm. with all of that being said, um, if you do have any interest in learning more about this topic, we are about to have another episode that's going to dive more into comparing it to some more relevant things that have happened in uh, the U.S. that might be, be maybe a little easier to digest and understand after comparison. We're going to talk about social media and silence, how as Americans we play a role in this real life activism and what we can do moving forward with this and how to actually take a stance. So again, thank you for listening and tuning in. I'll have our Instagrams in the description. I'll see you in the next episode. Hopefully you'll tune in to hear all of that stuff too. And Thank you again, Dania, for joining me. Of course.